Well, the primaries are just 11 months away, Holy. Matt. Literally day in, day out, it's going to be like this, and then it'll never stop being like this. Well, now is the time to get to know your poot, your poot? Pete, yeah, your poot. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, get to know your Pete Buttigieg's. Get to know your Amy Klobuchar's. Uh-huh. Your Swalwells, maybe. This is the perfect time to jump into Earwolf's political comedy podcast, Fake the Nation. Oh, the time could not be better. It's hosted by Nagin Farsad, and it features fast-paced, funny, smart, political discussions about the week's news. It's comedy meets politics and helps you stay informed while not taking yourself too seriously. Like some of those other guys on that other political podcast. I don't know who we're talking about, but oh. God, chuckling away, delighted with themselves. Uh, Past guests on Fake the Nation have included Rhea Butcher. (gasps) Uh, Hayes Davenport, who we just saw in the hallway. Maeve Higgins, John Hodgman, Paul F. Tompkins. And John Lovett, who's been on our podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Check out Fake the Nation wherever you listen. Well, hi. Hello. Or should I say bonjour? Bonjour, Dave. Oh, God. Well, we're still still in awe. I am too. We're still recovering from our advent. We're referring, of course, to this Celine Dion um, experience. Yeah, experience. Um, She uh, had an announcement to make, which she did at the theater at the Ace Hotel downtown. Beautiful old theater. A large and, theater, one she referred to as small and intimate. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, compared to these <laughs> Vegas canyons you've yeah. been performing in. Yeah. Um, she's really something. She's uh, the fieriest firecracker I ever yeah. did see. I think that we don't give her as much credit for her physical comedy as, as we should. Well, that was the, because the big question on everyone's minds was what is this thing? What are we about to see? Yeah. And of course the, we had been, uh, uh, slipped the information quietly from your friend that she's going to sing, which the fact that that was a secret. So it was like, okay, well (laughs) then what does everyone else think we're here to see? And what revealed itself is that it was essentially a, and her her like one hour comedy special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taping uh-huh. for Facebook Live. Yep. In which she announced her new tour. Courage tour. Courage. Courage. And her album, also called Courage. And because she has lived yeah. in these last several years. And she, she has to have courage. And Nothing she said made a lick of sense. No. She, uh, there was also a Q and A with like a like a like an FM radio person yep. or whoever was sponsoring Candy it. Clutch or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, uh, in giant shoes. Mm-hmm. Looks like a Kim Zolciak, real yeah. tanning bed type. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, a West Coast Kim. Yeah, you would call her a Kim with a lot of capes. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and 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 Celine answers every question in, with in song. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Incredible. Also, not really fully listening to the questions. No. Somebody said, since you've been in Vegas so long, will it be as though you've never toured before? And she, I, I've toured before. I am touring since I have 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Don't You don't have to read the newspaper. Yeah, she's offens- she was she offended. She was that this super guy- offended by her misinterpretation <laughs> of a very simple question. <laughs> but... but- 
she, entertaining. Oh yeah. Yes. And sang her ass off. Yes. Gave us, uh, you know, my heart will go on. Yeah. Gave us then a couple. I'm, I'm guessing songs from Courage. Probably. Probably. The crowd did seem to know some of them. It, it, we were surrounded by Celine super fans. Right. My God. Uh, it did make me go back uh, to the most recent Celine Dion album that Sia wrote a lot of. Oh, right. And and it is it is high-quality Euro cheese Celine Dion music. I, I forget I, I, what I it's called. I need to revisit it. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would recommend it. I would recommend it. Good old Celine. Oh, Celine. So uh, we'll be having her on the podcast next week. Obviously. To promote Courage. Obviously. Anytime. Um, She's welcome. We have a very special show today. Uh, yeah, what why? else is on your spirit? What else is... Um, I don't know how cool this is to talk about into a microphone, but I'm obsessed with something that's happening on the internet. Tell me. (laughs) So there was, growing up, there was this girl who went to one of the, like I went to the, it's all single, the schools are all sex segregated, right? And uh, so I went to a boys' school, there was this uh, girl from a girls' school who was very nice but who, just like everything, was the biggest deal in the world, mm. right? Like mm. she was, like she had a fender bender, and it was like the the ambulance came and they said I was gonna die. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they didn't. You know, she gets a cold, and it's like the doctor said they have to cut my neck off. Like, no, mm. they no, mm-hmm. no. That that is not the way doctors yeah. talk. You're you have a cold, you're gonna be fine. She is, of course, an active Facebooker. Right? Of course, she's found her platform. She's found her platform. God bless her, and uh, and. In, in the meantime, uh, we'll call her Lucy, Has um, was engaged. The guy broke the thing off. She kept the wedding date, made it a, uh, a broken hearts ball. Oh, come on. Uh, she took up uh, fire eating. She gained a lot of weight and then lost a lot of weight and talked about both on Dr. Phil. Like, a whole, has lived it. She's Is, been on Dr. Phil? I think a few times. Oh, <gasps> yeah. I'm, I'm impressed yeah, by yeah, yeah. Lucy's uh, yeah. star power. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The most recent thing is is a personal redemption that has been found through um, the sale of inexpensive costume jewelry in a in a thing that may or may not be a pyramid scheme, you yeah. know, where it's like join me and become a you know fashion consultant and here's oh, your starter pack and whatever. that drips yeah. of of uh, pyramid scheme. Yeah. So there's a lot of Facebook Live posting. And I, it's my favorite show on television right now. What's she up to? Because it's everything is is. I mean, the jewelry is whatever. I, I, whatever. You wouldn't wear it. I would not. <laughs> no. Um, but wherever the new thing, like you know, they'll they'll have a convention for it, or uh-huh. she'll be in a craft show or something, and they put her up at a hotel, and it's like, look at God. Like what? I'm in a valley, and she's there with like with her child. It's like he's almost ten years old. This is probably his third valley. I didn't see a valley until my thirty. Like yes, you you probably did see a valley. They're kind of all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they have like a thing of water with strawberries in it. Just look, yum. Like it's <laughs> everything is a huge big deal. I is there a way that I can follow her covertly without it being obvious I that wonder, I'm I wonder just lurking to mock her? I wonder. But am I, I lurking mean, to mock her? I might. I might. I just don't know. This. I don't want to up the the viewer count in a way that's suspicious. Gotcha. And I I wish this woman the best, but it's just it's there's this incredible desperate need to perform. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's I'm looking through a funhouse mirror. 
a little bit uh-huh. where it's like, I do a lot of shit in public as well. And like, is this, is this what I'm doing? Oh, because you're discovering this just, just to your, to your point about it being the funhouse sort of version of you is this is at the same moment that you have joined cameo. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you're sort of looking within going, yeah, what does this mean? That I'm minute. doing it. And is the a- only difference the, the, Five dollar earrings, but you're you are already uh, getting requests. You're oh, already, left and right. Well, not really left and right, but and I've seen a little bit of them, and they're you, fun and easy. They're fun and easy, and you're clearly you're giving the people what they want, which is you. Well, I hope so. I hope so. So choose your path. You can either get a cameo message from me mm-hmm. or some great fringe earrings for five dollars. Uh, from a, from Lucy, a definite Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy, <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy from a, uh, a, a, a company that was started by four Mormons who look like little big town. It's 12 always years ago. Mormons. Yeah. I, you know, I probably talked about this before, but you know, I grew up in a pyramid scheme household. No, my mom had used to be a school teacher had quit when my sister and I were born. And, uh, and then when I was in kindergarten, got sucked into uh, a, they, you know, they call it direct sales. Uh, that's the like coded version of pyramid scheme yeah. or multi-level marketing, uh, beauty control uh-huh. does not exist anymore. Um, beauty but control. it was like a competitor of Mary Kay and Avon sure. and she, you know, be, was really successful in it for a while. And yeah. so we were kind of like riding high on the hog of beauty control during my childhood. Yeah. And it was, I mean, for Waverly, Ohio, there was like a lot of glamour to it. Like she's, Going to, you know, it's headquartered in Dallas and it was just like big shoulder pads and big sequins and a bold red lip and big yeah, hair. And I mean, sure. this was like full 80s glamour, Power which suit. like I wasn't getting to see a lot of that in Waverly, Ohio. But my mom and her cohorts were like like the ladies of Falcon Crest in Dallas. You oh know what I mean? God. And this is such a critical element of what makes you Matt McConkie. Formative. Yeah. That, you know, I'm growing up with the, uh, you know, the, the makeup parties, they were called clinics sure. uh, in the house where she's, you know, d- doing the people's colors. And um, and every time I would be in like, like if I had like a play date and she would come to pick me up, I'd be like, please don't come to the door. Please don't come to the door. Because sure yeah. enough, she's going to meet the mom and she's going to be like. No, it's so it's so you have such beautiful red hair, but you're not you're you're a spring, but you're not you're wearing winter colors. Why is that? And then the person would go, what do you mean? Oh, let me tell you. She's got her kit in the back of the car, drove a white Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Oldsmobile that she Supreme the Supreme because that was their version of the pink Cadillac. Okay, and then you could work your way up and she's going She's getting flown to New York. She's going on cruises. I mean, she was really doing it. For a while. Wow. They've since closed. Okay. The last thing about it is the woman who was the Princess Diana of our house growing up was the head of the company. Her name is sure. Ginger Heath. Of course. Of course and oh my God. Ginger Heath she's, was she's a fucking she's two different kinds of food. Oh, and it's the <laughs> and the mo the epitome of of eighties beauty, yeah. a, a real housewife of Dallas before that was such a thing. Uh-huh. And you know, when you were like one of the high, the highest like salespeople or executives or whatever they called themselves, you would get these special trips. Like you get flown down for a private like dinner with Ginger at her house, and you get to tour her closet. And yeah, um, while she, when she unveiled the new like skincare to you or whatever. And so there are all of these framed pictures of my mom on stage getting awards from Ginger at like celebration twice a year, and. Beauty, and she ended up. They sold. The, they sold it to Tupperware. It ended up going under completely. It's gone. 
now I've tracked down Ginger Heath on Twitter. She's got like 30 followers. She's a full-blown like racist MAGA uh, troll. Whose face is all fucked up with fillers. Uh huh. <laughs> like the beauty control did not do her right. Yeah. Um, and in a strange way, that feels like the perfect ending for Ginger Heath. I, I mean, it's the it's unavoidable. And yeah, the gravity uh, of eventually becoming a MAGA mm-hmm, person for mm-hmm. a Ginger Heath. It's, it's just you can't resist it. And just to have grown up thinking like. Will never achieve that the height of glamour and success that Ginger Heath is, and now she's just a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the but the knowledge that your mom gained through beauty control that doesn't yeah. leave you. No, and she by can the still way, identify she, as summer from a winter. And right? oh, and she loved the thing about her was that she she fully believed it. She loved the the fun of like the. Colors and skincare and stuff. Also, she's like 74 and her skin looks amazing. I mean, she, yeah. is, she is like a, you know, a walking ad for. It gave her life experience. Yeah. Valuable life experience. Yeah. I anyway. love it. Speaking um, of valuable life experience. Yes. What, one, one last oh, thing. Oh, yes. One la- the thing that really made me fall in love. Okay. There was a rally at whatever university Lucy went to for a while. She went to college for a while and then dropped out. Yeah. And, uh, and so there was a rally and her team was there and they were all in matching, of course, fuchsia boas. Um, and, uh, and she was just like, you got like, this is full circle. I dropped out of this college in that dorm over there. I abused drugs. It was like, (laughs) there is, she got high once and had a panic attack that ruined five people's entire week of joint and she, and and she had breathed in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, That was when I was like, wait a minute. I am now just a viewer of this show. Which feels weird. I would like to be as well. Yeah, I think you will be. Uh, okay, well. Tell me about what's going on. Today, yeah. we have got Charles Rogers. Yes, we do. He is the creator of a show called Search Party, which, mm-hmm. as you know, if you listen to this show, I'm very obsessed with. Super good. to nerd out with him. And he's also the host of a new uh, podcast here at Stitcher, which we will talk about uh, during the interview mm-hmm. after the break with Charles Rogers. Spring, spring, spring. Spring is in the air. It's never too early to start thinking about spring. Good, because I'm never not thinking about spring. Yep. And it's a season that's so much more than florals. Yeah. It's a chance to truly refresh. So, Dave, what are you waiting for? Nothing. Here's my plan. I'm going to head to Mod Cloth and discover something that's uniquely me. Time to stock up on the dresses and swimsuits that I will need for the season ahead. And because Mod Cloth believes fashion should celebrate all women, they're expanding their size range to zero, zero to 28. Got a question about fit? They got answers. Their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling. Help! To get 15% off your purchase of 100 bucks or more, go to ModCloth, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H dot com, and enter code HOMO at checkout. That's ModCloth.com, enter code HOMO for 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on May 5th, 2019. And we are back with Charles Rogers. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm very caffeinated, oh, and my day is really busy. But I'm trying to be present for you. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, and thank welcome you for being present. <laughs> welcome to Stitcher. 
You're in the family. Oh, wow. I am. I know. That's true. It's very exciting. Um, it feels great to be here <laughs> in the world of Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good we, place to be. You never know who you're going to bump into. That's true. It's true. Well, we've done ads for your show. Oh, we're really? We're already fans. That's so nice. Thank you. Uh, please, my <laughs> I'm sure you pleasure. had to. I demanded <laughs> to do as these As soon ads. as I heard you were doing it. Um, t- tell the people what it is. Well, it's called The Problem with Casey. No, no. It's not. Nope. That's not even the title. We're already I'm already here. wrong. I don't know what my show <laughs> <Get> is. present, Charles. <laughs> it's called The Problem with Charles and Casey. Um, my name came, comes first. Um, which was actually kind of a fight between us, and I just made sure I won that fight. Is it because she is she Casey with a C or a K? Um, we're both C. I mean, oh, so not an alphabetical. Not an alphabetical shows. thing. Truly pulled many people, and the ring won. The ring of Charles and Casey won. Um, yeah, it does. It it just works better. It kind of does. does. Um, but we basically have a guest on who tells us a problem they're having in their life. Like Louis Anderson was on the first episode, and he talked about um, how he wondered if he should write up this flight attendant that was rude to him. Mm-hmm. And we basically like unpacked why he felt that way, and then it turns into like a full therapy session. It becomes really existential wow. and uncomfortable and real, um, but also comfortable and nice (laughs) and it's just like a big it's like therapy really that's like and we set out to do something totally sillier than that and then as we got into like what we really wanted to do it's like uh well like reality just wins like i'd rather get real than like get fake with people yeah (laughs) so i'd rather hear that yeah listener too um where did it how did things shake out with the flight attendant he basically he like this flight attendant yelled at him to get off his phone and he was on his phone before the door shut like early on in the flight before it even took off mm-hmm. and she didn't need to yell at him mm-hmm. and then he just harbored resentment for the rest of the day okay. and wondered like what should I do yeah. <laughs> like that was the big that and I, he never followed up with her but but was your advice to follow up or to leave it we kind of the place it ended up going to was how he kind of like needs to in order to feel like he can process his own emotions, he has to get other people involved in his emotions and walk them through what he's feeling, which is what makes him such, like, a beautiful talent of a p- emotional person. But then, like, that's also, like, a part of what's, like, has such inner conflict with himself is that he's, like, wrestling with, like, always needing to be known, like, mm-hmm. his insides to be known. And so, like, rather than, like, prescribing a solution, it's sort of like, oh, well, that's actually what this is about. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of, like... I don't know. Whenever I go into therapy, my I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. My ther- therapist is like, just start talking and like, we'll get to something deep. Those are always the best therapy sessions. Yeah. You're like, I'm actually really good today. I don't, I'll do this because I have the appointment <laughs> right. and I'm fully broke. And then you leave now. and you're like, you're right. I I hate myself. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to talk about lattes, but I <laughs> yeah. think some people just like literally talk about lattes in therapy. Yeah. Like, I think some people are like, this person yelled at me. And like, that's what they go to therapy to do. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what a waste of time and, and money. And some therapy therapists allow that to i know and they're like well how does that make you feel it's so stupid yeah they should all honestly burn in hell (laughs) (laughs) what is your current relationship to therapy um going uh i mean i'm in therapy um and therapy is like two years new to me okay i love my therapist he started going to the same personal trainers I do, so I start seeing him as I'm on my way out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I I recommended them to him, so I don't know why I act surprised about that. But isn't it weird to see them out in the wild? Um, it is, and I act really 
like I just get really skittish, mm-hmm. which is so stupid. And then I like see him next week and I'm just like, that didn't happen. You know, like, yeah. like literally I walked into the, these personal trainers are in silver. Like everyone, we, you, you guys probably go to them, whether or not, you know, you do <laughs> <laughs> like everyone goes to them and I know who you're talking about. They're called lift. They're Dirk and Chanel. Yes. They're, I love them. They're Dirk like my and Chanel. Dirk and Chanel. Yeah. Michael which, used to go to them. We used to live right by them. Yeah. They're great. I love them. I've been going for like four years. Um, I see them more than I see like anyone in my life. Cause they have, they basically open up their garage and like, it's like four people at a time yeah. or it's a very small. And it's literally like comedy writers and it's just like actors and comedy yes. writers. It's the most like, it's like seven thirty AM and I'm there with like Gabe Liebman, Max Silvestri, like just literally every mm-hmm. comedian and like, just like all the, the cast of broad city that you're expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every <laughs> like, it's like comedy central upfronts basically. Um, <laughs> And so, and so like I walked in and like, I saw two people I knew and I was like, Hey, Hey. And then I turned and I saw my therapist and my, I just blurted out like, Oh, it looks like I know everybody. Which is <laughs> just like, I couldn't like handle <laughs> Like that's what I found myself saying, I guess. <laughs> but in that world, you do know everybody. It, I, it in a world of four people in a garage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, here's the weird, when I lived in Los Feliz, Michael, my boyfriend was going to them, but then I, I don't know how I even figured out that it was them, but I was going to bodybuilders, that gym. Oh, right. That, Next that, to that, it. Yeah. yeah. And I would always see them working out there, which felt wrong. Oh, you see Dirk and Chanel working out at bodybuilders? bodybuilders. Doesn't it seem like if you have your own yeah. gym that you're, you're working out there? Um, I do wonder. There. They're in great shape. So I often wonder yeah. like, when are they working out? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a Dirk and Chanel who looked more like a Dirk and Chanel. Um, I agree. Dirk recently said, I wonder how they'd feel about this much on a podcast, but Dirk recently said he went to the hospital for something like he got like a minor surgery or something. He was all drugged up and he was like, and they were like, who's, he was like, they were like, I'm going to get your wife. What does she look like? And he was like, she's the mermaid in the lobby. And they were like, oh, great. And they knew like immediately who she was. (laughs) And it's so true. Like Chanel is a beautiful mermaid, workout mermaid. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking them up right now. That's really funny. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you um, got to go. I got to start seeing I mean, you in the morning. Apparently, I'm there already. <laughs> I'm seeing all kinds of like people I recognize, but not them. All right. We'll <laughs> post pictures important. of them. Okay. <laughs> we'll play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you watching these days? Uh, I am not doing a great job of watching things, to be honest, right now. Um, I just got out of a Julia Davis bend. Do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. So she made Sally forever, which recently was released on HBO. I don't know. Oh, she is um, she's amazing. I'm thinking of Julia Duffy. Ju- I don't know New who Heart that is. Newhart and designing women. Uh, yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going through this <laughs> designing women, Newhart phase. Right now. <laughs> That's next. Now that you have the <laughs> yeah. bandwidth. Going through the Julia's, um, uh, Sally forever came out on HBO. Basically also Julie Davis made the English version of camping, um, Uh which Lena Dunham turned into the American show, but the English show is really, really different. Um, super different tone. And she's like a genius. And my boyfriend Jordan and I are like super obsessed with her right now. And, um, she's like, she plays, she's in all of her own work. So Sally forever. She plays like this trashy, psychotic, like sexaholic who's like extremely sociopathic 
and just enters this really meek, milk toast woman's life and makes her get a divorce, like makes her like fall in love with her and just like controls her life for mm-hmm. no reason. Like, and it's just about like what happens when like a loser lets a sociopath into her life and just lets her like change everything about her life for literally no end. Like she's just cause she's like crazy. And it's really, she's, she's honestly like a genius and she's weirdly like, been around forever in the UK and hasn't mm-hmm. had her moment here yet. Uh-huh. She's kind of having her moment right now. Um, and so like, she's made like all these English shows and she made this show called nighty night where she again plays like this trashy <laughs> psychosexual person who like, uh, falls in love with a paraplegic guy and no, no falls in love with a guy whose wife is paraplegic and just forces them to break up Jesus. so that she can have him. Like she just plays the worst people basically, wow. but she's really good at it. And it's a really good tone. It's like when English comedy is good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, like, I think whenever people are like, I love English comedy. It's like, Oh, you like the bad stuff. Right. Like, What's the bad stuff? Oh, just like when like adults play children or something, mm. <laughs> you know, it's just like, stop. Like, yeah. I don't know. Or like Benny oh, Hill. Yeah, like I, my our, my friend Augie showed me some show, like it's like a talk show in England called like Duffy and KK or something. They both have names, mm-hmm. and it's just them being like, oh, 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 oh. he's like, shut <laughs> up, and he's like, it's upset. I'm like, yeah, obviously, like I know that part. Like, get over that part. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, or the people who were like, I love English comedy, or like got turned on to Abfab five years after totally. the fact. And yeah. That never ages for me, though. I love Abfab. Oh, of course. Which I recently found out. Um, you know the woman who plays Bubble, um, Jennifer Saunders' assistant? Mm-hmm. She's just, like, tiny and wears, like, 18 layers of, like, colorful clothing and screams. Yeah. I just rewatched The Witches, and she plays Angelica Houston's, like, number one in The Witches. Yes. And she's so good. Yeah. She's, like, a weird genius. Like, she's another genius. <laughs> Another blonde lady English genius. <laughs> Where's our Abfab reboot? Why aren't they? <sighs> I mean, they made the movie. They did do the movie, which was... it was okay. It's because it needs the laugh track. Yeah. yeah, you need to be in like an ayahuasca haze. Yeah. Like yeah. that show half the time actually isn't funny, but the laugh track is like lulling you into like a sunken place. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. it, you really need that. Yeah, and you need that just like surreal. Like this is clearly shot in another country. And yeah. And through a, <laughs> With a really and, bad set that uh-huh. like the camera can only get that so far to the left or yeah. something. But I felt the way I felt about Sex and City too, where it was like, I don't care if this is bad. I'm happy to totally. be with them. I felt just that happy way to too. spend World. time with them. Yeah. yeah, I felt that way too. Um, I. Love Search Party so much. Oh, and thank you. I, we've talked about it on the show many times. And uh, I just wanted to say that. Nothing. No questions. <laughs> no, what, is it, what, is questions it back? about why you love it? or <laughs> When is it coming back? Oh, man. There's so much I can't say. Okay, I know okay. so much information and I can't say any of it. And that applies to everything in my life. Oh, this is going to be a fun interview. <laughs> um, I, I will say it's It's okay. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> it'll it'll be a it, when it's announced, it's a good announcement and there's lots to look forward to. I'll say that. Maybe it's going to be a movie with it's, a laugh track. Yeah, huh? yeah, 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 the first feature <laughs> the film with a laugh track. Laugh <laughs> I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Has there ever been a movie with a laugh track? Maybe like um like Natural Born Killers. There's that oh, scene sure. where like maybe something that's oh, doing yeah. it like yeah. ironically. Mm-hmm. Right. But it would be nice to have one finally. 
Yeah, God, it's been 90 minutes. That would never get old. Yeah. Uh, let's get away from television. What do you listen to? Oh. What's your workout uh, playlist? Well, it's a Dirk and Chanel's playlist. Um. I, wor- I worry about the playlist of a Dirk and a Chanel. I feel like there's chain smokers in there. It's a lot of like early to the, it's a lot of like nineties rap. Sure. Um, but listen, my playlists these days are, I don't know. I'm really lame in that. Like I just, I, I've been listening to that song. Goodbye horses. That nineties song, the one that plays in, um, wow. <laughs> we just got a big thumbs up. Producer Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> just ejaculated. Um, it's the one that plays when Buffalo Bill is like, um, doing the mangina. And, and my friend Bridie just sent it to me and was like, I can't stop listening to this. And it, I've probably listened to it a hundred times this week, just on repeat over and over and over. And wow. it's just, <laughs> can you sing a little bit of it for us? It's like wow. that. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I can't place it. You do. I promise. I'm sure. I've, I, yeah. yeah. When I hear it, I'll be like, oh. But it should be in it. your book. <laughs> it, it's not. It's just not. It's the just next book. The book's already out. There will have to be a chapter. 101. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are Perfect. we going to get hit with licensing fees for that beautiful rendition? I'm of concerns. No. Ooh, uh, Brian, oh, but it is yes. now playing in my ears. Yes, right. Oh, I should put headphones on. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Who is this? Hugh Lazarus. Yeah. Okay. Let it be known, producer Dana is really getting into a, a dance moment. <laughs> this is when Buffalo Bill's like, I'd fuck myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I'd yeah. fuck myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now you know. Wow. Faint memories. <laughs> Strange experience to just sit here with no headphones on, just watching <laughs> everyone else listen to have that moment. Wow. To be it impaired, was like silent like that. disco. <laughs> uh, what did you grow up watching? Mm. Well, strangers with candy, sure, um, and I, I love it so much. And uh, you know, I, my parents are. My dad was really into like screwball comedy, sixty. Like he loved like it's a mad, 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 mad world, and like Pink Panther. And I grew uh-huh. up with like a lot of like that in my face, but. In high school, I was like obsessed with SCTV, and oh, I watched God, yeah. like I watched like all five years of it. Um, but also, this movie I talk about it all the time. But it's this movie called True Stories that David Byrne made, um, which is a rock musical about Texas. And I grew up in Texas, and it's the most close to home. Like, oh, this is a real actual like. It's not Friday Night Lights. It's like Texas is campy and like yeah. loud and and like. It's like weirdly, like everything about it's kind of flamboyant, whether or not they admit it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like this movie really like channels that well. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's like like desert Bohemia kind of. Yeah, like it's just it's it's weirder it's like than big, what you would see in like a city. Totally, you know. Yeah, in like homegrown. big hats, big belt yeah. buckles, yeah. like big gestures. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's kind of like what I think Australia is probably like in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever seen Starstruck? No. What's that? It's an Australian new wave musical from like 1981. Oh, wow. It's bananas. That you sounds good. love it. Is it like Xanadu-ish? But no. New wave? No. It's, it's like about, you know, a pair of cousins and they're big dreamers and they want to be rock stars. And mm-hmm. um, 
it's it's super duper crazy. And the music is uh, mostly written by Tim Finn from Split Ends and Crowded House and whatever. So the, the music is good. Mm-hmm. But all of the songs, like the lyrics have nothing to do with what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're just weird new wave songs that they do. That's fun. It's super fun. I think it's on Netflix. I'll send you the link if it is. Cool. Thank and that you. goes for everyone. Watch Starstruck. Not the <laughs> Disney Channel one that came later that's a whole different movie. The Australian one. Great. Great. I leave you with that. <laughs> Let's say <take laughs> goodbye. Good night. <laughs> we'll be right back. True Crime Obsessed is a true crime slash comedy podcast from hosts Patrick Hines and Jillian Pensavale. Hear hilarious and sometimes ragey recaps of recent true crime documentaries like Abducted in Plain Sight, Fire Fraud, HBO's The Case Against Adnan Syed, as well as LGBTQ classics like How to Survive a Plague and The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson and The the Times of Harvey Milk, told with humor and sass and heart and just the right amount of Stark. Mm -hmm. It'll have you laughing your head off, but not in a garbagey way. I don't like laughing my head off in a garbagey way. No. True Crime Obsessed has over 5,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. This one-star review, though, really nailed it when they wrote, Jillian is too loud, Patrick is too gay, and they both have too many opinions. I like the sound of that. Jillian and Patrick both felt really seen by that. And you can subscribe to True Crime Obsessed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. See all their episodes and learn about their live gay pride show coming up in June in New York City. Visit them on the web at truecrimeobsessed.com. It's here! Yes, the 10th annual National Abortion Access Bolathon has arrived. Yep, the National Network of Abortion Funds hosted Bolathon is the largest annual grassroots abortion access fundraiser in the U.S. And every April, supporters like you help fill the budgets of local abortion funds across the country in an awesome display of collective power. With over 50 funds and over 60 events across the U.S., they're raising $2 million for people who need abortions and can't get them uh, otherwise due to cost or legal and geographical barriers and abortion stigma. Mm-hmm. Teams like Fund Abortion Meow, Doggos for Abortion Access, Gay Witches for Abortion, Cultural Cliteracy, and Thoughts and Spares are bringing the fun to fundraising. As abortion gets harder to access every day, do your part to make abortion a logistically possible option, not just a theoretically legal choice, because we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Join your local event at bolathon.nnaf.org and follow the conversation on social media at hashtag bowl19. That's bolathon.nnaf.org. And we're back. Charles Rogers. So fast. Yeah. Uh, you guys should know they just paused. There was no break. <laughs> They've never admitted that to you before. <laughs> it always gets You're good reactions You're being lied to from the every guests. episode. <laughs> it always gets good reactions from the guests, though. It really catches <laughs> people off guard. Like, if you thought no. people are always, like, sitting back in their chair, yeah. back in their... I'm not going to play on your terms. Just so you know. <laughs> um, we appreciate that. Oh, I, this is what I wanted to ask you. Were you... At, Charles Rogers is such a great... like And kind of a movie star name were you ever a charlie or did anyone ever try to make you a chuck a chaz only yeah well like friends sometimes but they don't mean it you know yeah yeah (laughs) like it's like a cute thing to do yeah but my dad is charles my grandfather my uncle it's like on both sides of my family charles is everywhere yeah so but there was a charles rogers in the golden era of hollywood who made babes in toyland and wings and he was the first man on man on screen kiss because he kisses his 
war buddy on the lips as his war buddy's dying. And like queer history, I only know this because it's my name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like versed in this. Sure, sure. Queer history has like decided that that movie was like a covert kind of like gay thing. And uh-huh. I think he was married, but I mean, you, he looked very Liberace in his old age. So yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> wow. Um, Where did he live out his days? Was he a Palm Springs guy? I mean, there's some like... 1977 red carpet picture of him where he's got like a roughly tuxedo. I feel like he had an LA, like I feel like he was like a Beverly Hills guy. Gotcha. Mm. Were you like seeing pictures of him as a young Charles Rogers going, is that? Yes. The nurses would put these flashcards in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I came much later in life to this man. (laughs) Um, But he is your spiritual ancestor in some ways. Maybe. I mean, let's hope. There's also a famous football player named Charles Rogers who will forever be at the top of Google results, whether I like it or not. Mm. Um, but he got in trouble for like doing drugs 10 years ago. Oh no! And there was a YouTube video a long time ago where it was like a group of like 20 people screaming, no Charles Rogers over and over and over. <laughs> and I really want to find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Odd, yeah. Odd to hear that <laughs> chanted. Yeah. At you. <laughs> yeah. Are there other Dave Holmeses that uh, you've had yeah. to battle? There's, uh, there's the, uh, the guy who did the music for oceans 11 and 12 mm-hmm. and 13 mm-hmm. and, uh, and a few other movies. Um, but I think that's it. Is he a Dave or a Dave? I mean, he, he's, he's David. Uh, at yeah. least there's that. There is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlie Rogers? Are there Charlie Rogerses? There's that's a, that's thousands. a country name. Yeah, Charlie Rogers. Yeah. Charlie Rogers is kind of cute. Chuck Rogers, full alcoholic. Yeah. Or le- at least Republican. Sure. At yeah. the very least. Chaz Rogers. Chaz Rogers is Palm Springs. like Chaz Dean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chaz Dean. <laughs> it's I want him to be our new Angeline. You know, He's I see his face there. on billboards I think he wants all around to be. town. Yeah. Yeah. She can't last forever. And his, he's, well, what's amazing about him is that he has, he has survived through the whole, because his main product made people's hair fall out. And didn't it almost kill a little girl? Am I making this <laughs> is up? Is that you true? Know you know, when, it was called When, I think, W-E-N. Yeah. And Alyssa Milano used to do like the infomercials for it. Yeah. And they would just, it was just these images of just like silken hair that looked so beautiful, like not even human and so beautiful, but it. There was some, it was, and then it killed the little it, girl. I, I might have that part wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's a strong it statement did something to say without maybe knowing. made a little girl lose her hair permanently mm. or wow. something. Wow. Something bad happened with when. But my point is, yeah, he's he's still with us. He's mm-hmm. still true privilege. Yeah, <laughs> I when I was in true white gay privilege. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see the movie April Fool's Day when you were a child? A horror movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I didn't. There was a character in no. it that was – he was like the funny guy and his name was Chaz. Mm. And this was like one of the first times I can remember seeing a male on screen and being like, I want to be like him. Like I never uh-huh. felt that way looking. Yeah. And I took on that identity over a summer and came back to school in fifth grade. And, you know, when they take role, they're like – and if anybody goes by a different name, and I – in every one of my classes, when they'd say Matt McConkie, I would say, it's Chaz. It's oh Chaz God, now. Like, oh, and all wow. my teachers, like... But you're in the same world of names. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> all my teachers knew my parents and stuff, and they were like, no, it's not. No, I'm not going to do that, except for my art teacher. And so for... And she had a lisp. And so for the whole year, she would say, Chaz. That's um, very art teacher behavior. 
Yeah. It's so Just weird. Like indulge the jazz. What you like watched when you're little and were like unconsciously attracted to mm-hmm. and didn't know why. <laughs> so Do you weird. have one? Yeah. I just remembered this movie like a couple weeks ago. I was like, Oh my God, I was obsessed with this movie called wild America that yeah. came out with Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Devin Sawa. And then a third young man. Sure. And let's say river strong, <laughs> river strong. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's like about three brothers. It's so horny. This movie, it's just like three <laughs> hot little brothers that go, <laughs> go into Yellowstone. It's, it's based on these like real brothers that aren't hot because the based on is never hot. And sure. then the actors are hot. Um, how does that feel to be recast as a hot as person? Hot. You know, it's yeah. just a reminder that you were never hot this whole right. time. No, it's flattering, but it's also like, ouch. No, yeah. I think it's like they saw me. <laughs> you think that yeah. they think that? Yes. Yes, you're probably right. Yeah, definitely. Whoever Joy was is like, yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. I look like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, they, it's just about three brothers in the se- early '70s, late or maybe in the '60s, and they like go off into Yellowstone to film animals. And so it had all like it had like adventure, but then they are all just like these hot little horny brothers for like yeah. a 12 year old <laughs> gay guy to just like or like 10 year old just to like I probably had a boner watching that whole movie. Movie and had uh-huh. no idea I had a boner for an hour and a half. <laughs> and were they like horny for each other? Like in my mind, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my memory, yes. Right. No, it was a lot of like, stop, stop. And then like one would run and hold the other one back from like doing something crazy. Right. And like that was where you would get off. <laughs> Just a lot of touching. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere you could get it. Yeah, anywhere you could oh, get it in that movie. Love that. Um, you mentioned Jordan mm-hmm. and you have been together for how long? Three years uh, as of like two weeks ago or something. Wow. Yeah, it's been, it's crazy. It feels like forever and also doesn't feel like three years. It feels so We're going to have him on and get his take as well. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but now is your time. Thank you. Um, how did you meet? We were like best friends for like a year and we met because the mo- I made a movie called Fort Tilden with Sarah Vi- Violet Bliss. I made that movie out of film school. And then that was a feature and then it played at festivals and he made a short called The Disgustings and they put those movies together at the New Orleans Film Festival because they're both like two handers about awful people. And I can't imagine that that audience sitting through that much of that, but (laughs) that's what happened. And he so he sat through my movie and he really he loved it. And so he reached out to me to like hang out. We hung out, but it was like a date, but not a date made out at the end of the night. Didn't see each other for like three months, then started hanging out all over again, became best friends. And then he started writing on Search Party. I hired him to write on Search Party. And then that was like a whole will we, won't we drama that. Oh, when you're working together, you're still friends. Still friends. But then like feelings coming up, hooking up in the room a couple times, literally in the room under the table. People didn't know. (laughs) This was, you know, three years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. This is when you could get away with that three years sure, ago. Yeah, well, those are the, the days. <laughs> this was, you know, it was like, I've never, every other relationship in my life has been like, it's nice to meet you. Would you like to be a b- boyfriend? Like, this was very much not that way. It was like yeah, yeah. full of like confusion and crazy. How did you, I mean, especially when you're working together and you're the boss, how did you like bridge that gap? Which gap? Yeah, I mean, I'm going from friends, from friends to lovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time. And also, like, we decided... I remember doing Mushrooms, like, three years ago. This was, like, after the main 
section of crazy had run its course. And I was like, it's so interesting to have fallen in love and out of love with my best friend and like having that realization. And then two months later, we started dating. So it was just like we kept going on and off until I think the room, the first season writer's room needed to happen and we needed to get over that to then stop feeling like a professional pressure. Mm -hmm. And then once that was over, then we had some time away and then decided that we loved each other. Got it. So, so I mean, you weren't literally like, Hey, I need to see you in my office after. No, 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 no. It was nothing like that. It was, it was, it was so complex. It's like so hard to explain how internally complicated it was, <laughs> but it's all good now. Yeah. I what mean, was growing up in true stories, Texas like for a young gay? Well, Charles Rogers. I didn't totally grow up in True Stories, Texas, because I grew up... True Stories, Texas is more like the Dallas, Texas. And I grew up in Brownsville, which is the border uh, at the very bottom. Uh Um, It's the Mexican-Texas border. It's as south as you can get in America. And that's its own planet. Like, it is a bizarre... It's like all I ever want to talk about is Brownsville, to be honest. Like, it is the weirdest thing that could have ever happened to me. It is the weirdest town. It's so backwards. Everyone's making it up as they go along. It's the, it, until like 2004, it was the lowest economic district in the U.S., highest rate of incest, highest amount of minority, uh, no, uh, what do you call them? Um, what do you call young people? Minors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> highest amount of minors with children and most illegal immigrants, uh, it was. It's a really weird place where the high school I went to was like um, a private Catholic school because it, it was the only like quote unquote good school in town, and all the white people went there. Like it, they're three, two percent, two point five percent white, point five percent Asian. There were no black people. Everyone was Hispanic in the whole town, mm-hmm. and we uh, and and like they really valued money like in a crazy way like because the cost of living is so low everyone in my school thought they were like a kardashian and had a huge mansion waterfront mansion and a lot of the parents were drug lord major drug lords like or just drug lords like it is a really like drug cartel place and uh and totally bizarre like really like just things that like don't have like in senior year of my high school there was an annual fashion show where like this high school did a fashion show with all the students and like all the like local vendors would give. And it was like a real event where the mayor would come and it was like a thousand dollars for a seat at a table (laughs) in a shitty auditorium. And like, um, like every year too, like the jocks would dress as their maids, um, for, uh, homecoming week and they would use their maids clothes and go as, and like the group of jocks would be their maids for like homecoming week. And like you would call the joke was to call them by their maids names. Just like doesn't exist. Like it doesn't exist. And I always want to make a movie about it, but then I'm like, people won't even know what I'm talking about. Like this doesn't exist like to America. (laughs) Jesus. When, where were you? What was your role? Mayor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I was like an artsy weirdo and I was like, I was kind of everybody's friend and that I really wanted to make, I just wanted to make everybody laugh and like me. That's all I wanted. And so like that happened because that was all I wanted. (laughs) And, uh, and you know, I had a girlfriend my senior year, my, my now good friend Yamina and in and I don't know, I just wasn't like consciously I knew I was gay, but I wasn't like 
it was so pushed down and it was so abstract and unconscious. And so, and I was so ugly. I was disgusting. No, like, mm-hmm, no, I, I have so much proof. <laughs> I say that I was truly hideous in high school and I bet I could give you a run for your money. Really? Yes. I'll well, to do to, it. I'm sorry. Describe. Like Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but like, but then wouldn't be cast because no one would want to see them on screen. <laughs> <laughs> like he would have been cast as the hot version of you. He's the Devin Sawa. Yes. He's the, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. John Heater is, the, is my Devin Sawa. <laughs> I mean, awful. And, and I didn't start to like, my face didn't start to make sense until like college, really until like senior year of college. Oh. Um, but but that was that afforded me the ability to like abstract myself and like I wore weirdo like I just wanted to be like Thora Birch in Ghost World <laughs> and like do it that way because then everyone would be like at least he's like artsy and creative and so like nobody wants to fuck that person so I don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. but then everyone's like oh well he's fun and and we like to have that ver- flavor <laughs> that yeah. was like my angle so how did you like do you feel like you've grown out of that emotionally I feel like I have that sta- same like need for love and like um I really just want everyone to like me but now I like navigate life trying to like make people believe in me and that's what I didn't have back then like nobody like people did believe in me but like not not with authority like I had no authority really beyond the fact that I was like creative and that was something something to value but like now I feel like I want things and I really want to like navigate life in a way where like I, people respect me. And so it's really hard to like try to get people to respect you, but then also like um, think of you as like a brother at the same time, like that kind of energy doesn't both flow at the same time. And so I grapple with like really wanting people to love me and respect me and like respect is confusing because respect is also like fear and I don't want the fear, but I want the respect and I don't know how to do right. all of this. <laughs> right. And I think this is the last day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great way to spend it. Honestly. Create content. <laughs> yeah. By the way, is your hand where it says print is, is that, is that a tattoo or a note? <laughs> it's a tattoo because I believe we should always be printing <laughs> Every, everything. I believe in print. I believe in the newspaper. <laughs> now I have to print something later today. Oh, great. <laughs> They we they could do it here. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're in the family, what was uh, what was your first like hookup and or romance like? Mm. Um, my first hookup, I actually don't know. There was like a string. Like when I came out freshman year of college, I was like so ready to just be horny. Yeah. <laughs> well, where people. was this? By the way. Um. In in Austin at St. Edwards University, which is not UT. Okay. That's the what. That's how to know it. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a liberal arts school, basically, right. um, and it's called the Closet on the Hill, or at least we tried to call it that because um, <laughs> there's a lot of like it, that's where everybody in Texas like comes out. Basically, is right. at the school. Uh, but like, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of like there was the, my first hookup that I really remember in college was like. There's this guy named Gabe who was pretty, he was, he was really attractive, but he was like, I got really wasted one night and then I smoked weed and I threw up, but Gabe was like, wash your mouth out. Like this is at a party and he was like, wash, go wash your mouth out so we can make out. 
<laughs> and I That's did. beautiful. I know, really beautiful. <laughs> and there's nothing to lose for me in that, so I'm okay telling it. Right. It was him <laughs> who had to suffer. And so uh, we ended up hooking up like all night, and then I had a, a crazy roommate at the time. I hope he's well. And he, and so like we couldn't hook up in my room. So like we hooked up, I was so fucking drunk and we hooked up in the like lobby area of my dorm. There was like several little like offshoot lobbies and this was one of them. And I guess, cause I just had like so many years of pent up horniness. Like we were just making out and just like dry humping. And then all of a sudden I just like came everywhere, like no warning sign, just like, ah! <laughs> like out of nowhere. Hands on. Pants like a like right under the crotch. Like, I guess oh I was just God. humping the couch. Honestly, it's so gross. <laughs> and then and it was like you know full <laughs> clean up on aisle twelve. Like <laughs> really awful amount of cum. Oh, and <laughs> and he was suddenly like so pissed and like disappointed and like he left and there was just this huge cum stain on the couch for. Uh, like two years at that dorm and oh, never no. got wow. fixed and I would just see people having like hearts to heart heart to hearts on that couch and I'd be like oh, this is on my cup <laughs> this is awful that was your version of like carving a heart into a tree with <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and came what out Gabe, here what Gabe failed to realize you were what 18, 19? yeah you know all of this is brand new to you totally. you would have been ready and he was Again, like 77, 78. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's true. But really hot, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, those were my... And then my first, like, romance, weirdly, was with somebody who I didn't even, like, really, truly connect with. But our thing was just, like, sucking each other's dicks and watching, like, gay movies that I had never seen before in his dorm. That was, like... And that was kind of nice. There's something nice about it. Yeah. Like, there's something, like... Some movie called like Mavion Rose, which have uh -huh. you ever seen that? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that quickly went lost to time, but um, I don't know. Or like um, Hedwig, I had never seen Hedwig, and he and he made me like a mix CD and Wig in a Box is on it. And I remember just driving around listening to Wig in the Box, being like, "Am I in love?" And then two weeks later, being like, "No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Never no, was." But you're I like in the like song. gay summer school. Yeah. Is what you are. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Getting all the remedial information <laughs> and activities. I know. I got it all so so late. <laughs> Uh, it's actually not that late. It's not that late. It was right on time. You're right. Was I'm perfect. <laughs> coming out to your family ever an issue? Um, Do they know? Uh, <laughs> this is how I plan to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> they already subscribed to Homophilia. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yes and no. No in the sense that, like, they're very liberal. They're, like, hippies. But yes in the sense that they're also baby boomers and... The, that like classic like fear of wanting your child to have the best life possible and just like so much pressure built up over years yeah and then it's like i go back and forth where like one day i'll be like um i totally understand i empathize they were doing the best job they can and then the next time i'm like what no like you could have come on and also like i've heard like i was listening to um Years ago, um, Adore, the drag queen, had all these YouTube videos with her mom. And her mom was really cool and was like this, like, where are they from? They're from Azusa. Azusa. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she's like a, a hairstylist there. And she was like, moms always know. Don't give me that shit. Like, moms know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, moms do know. It's true. They always know. know. Like, do you, And your your parents do know. And I, you know, it's, yeah. that's the part where I'm like, you knew. Like, what? Get over. Like, why'd you have to do it this way? Yeah. yeah but then I'm like, know. Oh, you know. But then they also have... Like, 
complicated and deeply ingrained systems of denial. Totally. You know, they're almost involuntary. It's a little generational too. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of systems of denial going on in that generation too. Definitely. And also just like straight people make it about themselves. It's so crazy to be like, I just want the best life for you. It's like, you don't even know what other lives are out there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, don't tell me you want that. Like, you don't know. I mean, they do. They're as good as it gets. There is, my parents are as good as it gets. They're, they're executive producers on the movie as good as it gets. Oh, great. Oh, wow. (laughs) Terrific. A classic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm always interested in like what, uh, parents think a gay life is or a gay world is mm-hmm. or whatever. And like yeah. where, where that information comes from. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you think I'm going to be like, where do you think I'm, I'm going to be in like some bar with only red lights totally in Berlin mm-hmm. or something forever. Yeah. Right. And then Palm Springs and then I'll die. If even that's a deep cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they thought yeah. you were going to be like the old Charles Rogers. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think they, they are like Edward Hibbert on Frasier or something <laughs> like, uh-huh. like you're just going to be like a butler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are you and Jordan going to get married and have babies? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say like odds are yes, <laughs> but then it also feels very um, damning to like announce things like that. <laughs> but I, I mean, maybe you wouldn't want to do that here on this podcast. I, you know, I mean, at this point in my life, I really can't imagine ever wanting to be with anybody else. Like at most, and I think Jordan would agree with me, like at most, I feel like there would be moments in our lives where we need like to get back in touch with ourselves, like on a like individual level. But I can't imagine either of us ever being like, this person's more right for me, Uh you know? Yeah. So like, I would like to spend the rest of my life with him. Like, you know, if, but also like life's crazy. You don't know what happened, you know, but I would like to at least. And we both want kids and it's oddly hard to find that. I feel I'm not like looking for that. Like I'm not like going to like those wine painting nights, like looking for gay men who like uh-huh. want to have kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like those wine. Oh, like when you you take when like you a like, painting class and, and you draw yeah. like a bad version of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a good tip though for p- listeners who are looking to find a man who wants to have a baby. Go to a wine painting class. Yeah, and then you have to hold it up in a for a photo like you want it. Uh-huh. It's so stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a horrible night. <laughs> Um, Charles, uh, thank you for doing this. Is it over? I, no, it I, 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 I want to keep going. <laughs> I was going. like, that happened yeah. so fast. I but know. maybe it is over. I don't it know. It is, actually. It, it is, is over. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you're a dream you're guest. No. Thank you for being oh, here. Oh, thank you guys so much. And Seriously. we're excited to listen to your show. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of your show, so I really appreciate you oh. having me on. Thank you, Charles. Now print. <laughs> Go print, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charles Rogers. Make sure you listen to The Problem with Charles and Casey. I will be binging all six episodes on my way home. Yep. Uh, he's such a dream and a delight and um, was also wearing a really good jacket. Solid jacket. Did you notice I'm good wearing aesthetic. your shoes? I did. You got the kill I, shots. I'm also going to get the kill shots. Here. I'm going to get both pairs. And They're I, so comfy. They're fully a Dave Holmes shoe, and I'm sorry to just no, do it. cop your style. I, like don't, that, I, don't, I don't do it to hoard it. I want to share it with the world. That's what you get for being a, a, a style maven. That's inc- that's absolutely correct. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Stitcher. Thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Thank you. Thank you, Celine. Thank you, Celine. Everybody. Thank you, Lucy. Courage. Courage.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.